0: 16 times. 16 times. That's how many times the word love is used in that scripture today. 16 times. Wow. That's a lot of love. It's a Sunday after Easter, and this text appears in the common lectionary reading, the text that most of the church is reflecting on today. And I was so glad to see this text this day, because it is actually one of my favorite texts in all of scripture. So beautiful from the Johannine community. That's meant to impress you. The Johannine community. (laughs) The people who were disciples of Jesus, but also disciples of John, who had sequestered themselves after The the crucifixion who had run away from the cross, who had found caves and hideouts and places to be so that they would not be persecuted by the Roman Empire that was angry, frightened of, maybe even mad at this growing movement of love, this Jesus movement of love. That would, that would dare to say out loud that the emperor wasn't God, that would dare to say out loud that the values of the, of the Roman Empire went against the values of God, God's self, that, that hid away and hunkered down so as to survive in a, in a time of oppression and economic despair, a, a group of people who, who leaned into each other to love on each other, to try to make theological meaning of the death of Jesus at a time when the kind of crucifixion was a, was a truth, a real reality, an assassination at the hands of the state, but the resurrection, well, that felt like a big old lie. I mean, Jesus had said that he was going to rise up that there would be a new energy a new life like he had metaphorically described that the temple would be destroyed but in three days it would rise again and the two three four people who stood at the foot of the cross remembering that Jesus who said that the five six seven women who had been to tend to Jesus's body the few who found the empty tomb the one who was told to go and tell my brothers and sisters what you've seen. Didn't nobody believe that story in those days, in that moment? There must have been a grave robber that came and took the body. The death was so strong, the stench so fresh, Came so real, the idea of a rising body just was laughable. And the fact that a woman preached it, you well, know, you know, that was incredible. But so these people, these disciples, these disciples of John, these disciples of Jesus, the disciple, the beloved disciple, the folks gathered together in these small places, in these cracked, in tight, squeezed, please keep me self places, tried to make theological meaning of what Jesus had been saying to them, what Jesus had been saying to them. Love your enemy. Feed the hungry. When you saw the one that was naked, when you saw the one that was sick, when you saw the one that was in prison, you saw me, go and do that to me. Be in the world love, be love in the world." And so they were doing midrash, if you will, preaching on the preaching. Jewish friends of mine loved the preaching on the preaching on the preaching, and the preaching on that. <laughs> And this is what they came up with, this beautiful chapter in 1 John, chapter 4, really claiming for themselves an identity that was countercultural, antithetical, to power over, to rule with swords and enmity, that was A worldview based on equity and equality and peace and justice. These these new followers of the way, of the Jesus way, made a midrash on love based on the teachings of the rabbi that they were not only to love each other but to love the stranger because they had been strangers in a strange land, strangers without a temple, without a home, strangers alien and treated as though they didn't belong. This teaching was to reverse that, to be new, to make a new world where the old world had languished, to rise up out of the ashes with a new theology of love. God, they said, is love. God is not on a coin saying the empire should strike back. God is not power over. God is not a ruler. God is not a denier of humankind. God is not on your side. God is not on one team. God is love. God is love, not kind of like love. Yes, the source and the fount of all love, but God actually is synonymous with love. Some of the commentators don't believe that, Rabbi Josh. They try to soften that. Like, that's not what they meant. But that's what they said. God is love. What kind of love? Not the romantic love that makes John stay with me no matter how crazy I am. And I can be crazy. Not the kind of friendship love that makes Danita hang with me after all these 20 years. But no, agape love, unconditional love, you can't do anything to stop it love. The kind of love that makes a mommy and a daddy do anything to heal a child. The kind of love that makes us wade into the fettered waters of New Orleans or Sandy Hook post-storm to rescue the people that we don't know from the foul waters and the death that would snatch them. The kind of love that made people march across the Pettus Memorial Bridge more than once to withstand violence, to stand up for the rights of all of the people to vote. The kind of love that sends us to the border or to the prison or to the hospital room to sit with the ones who are disenfranchised, the kind of love that causes us to give each other a fresh start, a new chance, a better opportunity that doesn't give up on each other. That is God, is what the writers are saying. the kind of love that stops us from being afraid, the kind of love that builds a new community, a new humanity, and makes us all one. I need this love, this God. Do you? I'm so sick and tired of the way we kill each other, because we don't think the same thing about God. I'm so sick and tired of the way black lives don't matter and when you say they do, somebody thinks you're a racist. I'm so sick and tired of the segregation and the wealth clash. I'm so tired of the billionaires having so much when we step over people on the street, aren't you? I'm so sick and tired of us believing that this way the world works is what God intended. I'm sick of watching Putin cross himself on this Orthodox Easter when the people in Ukraine are being murdered by his troops. I'm so sick of the marauding, and the rampaging, and the slaughter, and the alienating, and the castigating, and the blaming, and the fighting, and the bitching. Sorry. I'm so tired of us living to our worst self, as opposed to rising into our best self. I'm so tired of us having a low bar for what it means to be human as opposed to living like Jesus. I'm so tired of the way we've put Jesus in a small box that we manipulate and manage and pretend is Christianity. I want us to hack Jesus out (laughs) of that kind of Christianity. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I want us to rescue Jesus from the stories that have been told and the way he's been framed and the corner into which he's been put. Don't put Jesus in the corner. What movie is that? (laughs) Get him out of the corner. Get him out of your pocket, out of your fanny pack. Get him out of the box of xenophobia and anti-Semitism and anti-Islamic sentiment and earth murder, get get Jesus free. (laughs) My story, my faith story says that Jesus is God come all the way down to live a life among us to teach us how to love, to teach us how to be human and divine. And I'm going to tell you, I believe that. And if you don't, can you believe that there is a force called love that is good enough? Can you believe That God, the word God just comes from the German word gut. Can you believe that God is a force of love, good enough, strong enough, powerful enough, liberating enough, freeing enough, justice loving enough, that that love doesn't care how we call it? Certainly would be outraged that we would fight about how to call it. That the love itself is enough to make us free if we would lean into it and love each other with it? Can you believe that? And if you can believe that, how does that rewire our life? How does it shape our conversations? How do we manage our relationships if we believe God is love? Love is love. How do we, how do we engage one another? In social media and at the dinner table if we believe God is love. How do we stand up for the ones on the margins if we believe God is love? How do we change the way we do work if we believe God is love? Where we shop, how we spend our money, the media we consume, the books we buy and don't ban if we think God is love? How do we spend our resources if God is love? How does it change our bank account if God is love? How does it reorder our value system if God is love? How do we become a democracy built on justice since God is love? I want to convert you. I want to convince you. I want to proselytize. I want you to join a religion called love. You can stay a Christian if you want. That's cool. It's okay. You can stay Jewish. You can be Muslim if you want. That's cool. You Can you be an atheist? I don't, I don't care. Sure. I want to convert you to love. To love as the only powerful force that can make us well because it is and it has to start with each of us. Daniel Lubezki's kind bar guy company has this whole campaign called It Starts With Us. This love I'm talking about has to start with you. You loving you. Not liking you, loving you. Not aggrandizing you, loving you. Not idolizing you, but loving you. Loving you like you are your baby. Loving you like you are your best thing because you are. Not pretending you're perfect, you're not. Not pretending you're flawless, you're not. Looking at your flaws and your imperfections and your quibbles and your boobles and your mess ups and looking at them with fondness and kindness and going, yeah, that's me, and I love her fiercely. I'm so crazy right now that John hasn't left me as a miracle. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm frightened. The world is full of drama. The collegiate church is hard. I got to rebuild a church. I'm still traumatized from the fire. I'm crazy some days. I know that never happens to you, but it does to me. And when I'm crazy, and I look in the mirror and with compassion, say, Jacqueline Lewis, you're just a little wacko-winko. Let's take a breath and start over. It just goes better. And when I turn that kindness that I turn to myself, as I'm flossing and brushing, to John, when he occasionally makes a mistake, or to my team, it goes better. And then I can have something to give the world that can transform it. The only thing to fix it is love, and it has to start with you. So if we're going to rescue Jesus with fierce love, I think we might have to rescue ourselves first. Are you with me? You cannot love your neighbor if you don't love you. And you cannot love God if you don't love your neighbor. How can you say you love God whom you can't see and hate your neighbor whom you can't see? That's what the text says. Can you really love your neighbor? Not if you don't love you. Do you see how it goes around and around and around? It starts with you, my love. Love you so you can love your neighbor so you can love God and we can rescue this thing called Christian with the fiercest love of all. Let's try it. Our lives depend on it. Amen.